العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد the تكملاً or completion of this hadith I would like someone to read from قوله فأخبرني عن الساعة up to the end of the hadith in in a loud voice من قوله فأخبرني عن الساعة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال فأخبرني عن الساعة قال ما المسؤول عنها بأعلم من السائل قال فأخبرني أن أماراتها قال أن تلد الأمة ربتها وأن ترى الحفاة العرات العالة رعاء الشاء يتطاولون في البنيان قال ثم انطلق فلبثت مليا ثم قال لي يا عمر أتدري من السائل قلت الله ورسوله أعلم قال فإنه جبريل أتاكم يعلمكم دينكم رواه مسلم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد Uh, I think last week we discussed Al-Imanu Bil-Qadr and we also discussed Al-Ihsan the meaning of Ihsan An Allaha that you should worship Allah Ka'annaka tarahu as if you're able to see him Fa'illam takun tarahu fa'innahu yarak If you're not able to see him at least imagine that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to see you Then Jibreel Alayhi salatu wassalam asked the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ السَّاعَةِ Tell me about the hour. When the hour is referred to in the Quran or in the Sunnah, it simply means the day of judgment. Jibreel alayhi salatu wassalam asks the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam to explain to him about the day of judgment. And the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, The person that is being asked does not know more than the one who is asking him. In the same way that you, Jibreel, do not know the day of judgment, I do not know the day of judgment. The day of judgment, only Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala knows when the day of judgment is going to be. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعِنْدَهُ مَفَاتِحُ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا هُ وَعِنْدَهُ مَفَاتِحُ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا هُ Hidden things which no one knows except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And among the five hidden things which only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows is the day of judgment. No one knows when the day of judgment is going to be. And these mafatih al-ghayb, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned them in the Qur'an. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ عِلْمُ السَّاعَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the knowledge of the hour, when the day of judgment is going to be. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ عِلْمُ السَّاعَةِ 
وَيُنَزِّلُ الْغَيْثِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends the rain. وَيُنَزِّلُ الْغَيْثِ وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's in the wombs of the mothers. There is no one that knows what's in the womb of the mother except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today people will claim that doctors are able to tell what is in the wombs of the mothers using the scan. Knowing what's in the womb of the mother does not simply mean knowing the sex of the child. Knowing the sex of the child is just one thing about what's in the womb of the mother. But if we ask the doctor to tell us whether the child is going to be a good man or a bad man, is the doctor able to tell? If we ask the doctor to tell us whether the child is going to be a rich man or a poor man, is the doctor able to tell? There is so much that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about the child that's in the womb of the, of the mother. Even with sex, sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes they tell you it's a male and it turns out to be, to be a female. Such things do happen. The true knowledge of ma fil arham, what is in the wombs, is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ مَاذَا تَكْسِبُ Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what you're going to gain tomorrow. There is no person that can be 100% sure about what they will gain tomorrow, how much money they're going to make. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that. وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ بِأَيِّ أَرْضٍ And there is no person that knows in which land they're going to die. Sometimes you imagine you will die peacefully in your country and be buried in your graveyard and it turns out you die in a very different country and get buried in a graveyard that you never imagined. So, So the hidden things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only knows about uh, also include knowing about the hour. But I want to tell you, you should not be so worried about when the Day of Judgment is. You should be more worried about when you are going to die. I think that's closer to home. The Day of Judgment, yeah, it is going to come. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows when it's going to come. But there is another hour before the Day of Judgment, which is much more worrying than the Day of Judgment. The hour that you are going to die, you don't know. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. You don't know your day could be today. I could be talking here today and then later, like Allah, later in the evening you hear he passed away. And that does happen every, every day. So when a person dies, it means their sa'a, their hour has come. So fa'akhbirni ani sa'a, tell me about the sa'a, the day of judgment. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa says, mal mas'ulu anha The person that you ask, does not know more than the one who is asking him. In other words, I'm aware that even you, Jibreel, do not know the hour. This is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept to, to himself. However, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us that the day of judgment is going to be on Yawmul Jum'ah, on the day of Friday. Which Friday? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. In, in which month? Forget about uh, uh, what they say concerning Muharram being... Uh, uh, the Day of Judgment on the 10th of Muharram, those hadiths are not authentic. The only authentic hadith is that the Messenger وسلم, said the best day on which the sun rose is the day of Friday. On this day, Adam was created. On this day, Adam was evicted from paradise. On this day, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. He made tawbah. And on this day, the hour, uh, I mean the day of judgment is going to be, meaning on, on Friday. But which Friday? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. But like I said earlier, you should be more worried about when are you going to die. Do you know? I, I don't. So, مَنْ مَسْؤُولُ عَنْهَا بِأَعْلَمَ مِنَ السَّائِبِ Then Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam changes the question and says, فَأَخْبِرْنِي If you don't know the hour, in the same way that I don't know the hour, فَأَخْبِرْنِي therefore tell me عَنْ أَمَارَاتِهَا About the signs. How shall we know that the day of judgment is close? Amarat, the signs of the day of judgment are divided into two. The signs which we call the major signs, these signs are in close, very close proximity with the day of judgment. Meaning when these signs appear, they will come quickly one after the other. In the same way that the beads will fall off when you cut uh, a string of beads. How do the beads fall off? Very quickly, one after the other. When these signs appear, they will come very, very quickly and it will symbolize the coming of the hour. Then there are signs which are called the minor signs which will appear uh, before the appearance of the major signs. Then the Messenger وسلم, explains uh, to Jibreel وسلم, and of course for the benefit of the Ummah, he says one of the signs of the Day of Judgment, and this is a minor sign, when the slave girl gives birth to her master. There are several explanations of this phrase, but I'll choose just one explanation which I see to be most plausible. When the slave girl is going to give birth to her master. In this case, the Messenger وسلم, is trying to say, or lack of obedience, or lack of respect for the parents is going to be widespread. So that the mother is going to be like a slave girl who has given birth to her master. The child is like the master to the mother. The child does not respect the mother. The mother is like a slave girl. The child shouts at the mother and shouts at the father and abuses the mother and abuses the father. There is no birrul walidayn. We shouldn't forget that the Messenger وسلم, was approached by a man who said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, Man ahaqqud nasi bihusni sahabati Who is more deserving among all the people of my good companionship? The Messenger وسلم, said, Ummuk, your mother. Then he asked, Thumma man, then who? The Messenger وسلم, said, Thumma ummuk, then your mother. Then he asked, Thumma man, then whom? The Messenger وسلم, again said, Thumma ummuk, then your mother. And then he asked, Then whom? Then the Messenger وسلم, said, Thumma abuka, then your father. And the Messenger وسلم, uh, said, Abarrul birri. The best birri or the best charity that a man should respect the friends of his father. If you want to be bar, a person who is righteous and a person who is not involved in uquq, 
you don't respect only your father, you must also respect your father's friends. Even if your father is long dead, the people who were companions of your father, the people who were beloved to your father, your father's friends, must be respected. But then this birr is going to disappear, and there is going to be uquq. People will not respect their mothers and will not respect their fathers, so that the parents will be like slaves to their children. And that you will see Al-Ufata, people without shoes. Al-Urata, people without clothes. Meaning they barely have enough clothes to cover their bodies. Al-Ala, people who are poor. Ri'a'asha, people whose work is just looking after sheep. They're shepherds. We know them to be shepherds. Their job is looking after sheep, looking after camels, looking after uh, 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 goats. We know these are Bedouins. You will see these people get transformed. They will no longer be Bedouins. They will no longer be tending to sheep. You will see them competing in electing the tallest buildings then you know the hour is near. And both of these things have happened. There is very little respect for parents, let alone other elderly people in most of our societies. Instead, we backbite them and say bad things about them. We rarely obey our mothers and our fathers. That's a sign of the coming of the hour. As for shepherds competing in the tallest buildings in the world, I don't think I even need to comment about that. It is something which is very, very evident. Barely 50 years ago, um, countries like, sorry to say, but the United Arab Emirates, uh, 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 Dubai, Abu Dhabi, all those Emirates, were just deserts with people tending to sheep and camels. When you go there today, those lands are completely transformed. The tallest buildings in the world today are found in Dubai, Burj Khalifa. Who knows how many meters? Burj Khalifa, Nam. One kilometer. One kilometer into the sky. One thousand meters into the sky. How many floors? How many floors in Burj Khalifa? 100, I think, 167 floors. 167 floors going up. Floor number one, number two, number three, number four. Floor number 100, number 150, number 160. 167 floors going up. Yeah, Burj Khalifa. Yes, in, in Dubai. Yeah. Saudi has challenged them. Very soon, Saudi is going to complete the Tower of Jeddah. The Tower of Jeddah is going to have more than 200 floors. It's going to be the tallest building in the world. You can't, you can't outdo us. Uh, maybe Bedouin versus Bedouin. Uh, competing in erecting the tallest buildings in the, in the world. 
and it has recently been announced that Saudi Arabia is going to turn uh, an area of about 180 kilometers on the Red Sea, on the coast of the Red Sea, into a holiday resort. They're going to build 180 kilometers, approximately the size of Belgium, into a holiday resort with 50 islands on the Red Sea for tourists. You heard about it? Yes, yes. Exactly, exactly. 500 billion US dollars. It's a big, big project. And Ahmad, yeah, uh, is it Mohammed? Mohammed bin uh, uh, Salman, the crown prince. He's, he's only 32 years old. Yeah, and um, they say uh, this area is not subject to the uh, strict Sharia of Saudi Arabia. This, this area is, you know, just like the rest of the world in, in order to attract tourists. It's just going to be like the rest of the world where uh, men and women can, can swim together. Uh, yeah, uh, a bit of, may Allah protect us, alcohol here and there. These, these are the signs of, of the day of judgment and Rasulullah predicted that 1,400 years ago. So when you see them, competing in lofty towers, you know the hour is closed. Forget about the, the, um, the Saudis and Dubai and so on. Let's, let's come to ourselves. Right. Today, everyone is talking about building a house. Everyone wants to buy a plot. Everyone wants to build a house. Everyone Today, uh, modern structures, if you look at them, you would think, uh, uh, subhanAllah, houses you never saw like 10 years ago. Everyone is building. Who, who isn't thinking of building today? The Hufat, Al-Urat, Al-Ala, and not only those, even among our own people, Hufat and Urat, and they, they're also interested. These are signs of, of the coming of the day of, of judgment. But my question to you is, all these signs of the coming of the day of judgment, are they all negative or are some of them positive? For example, uh, building tall buildings, erecting tall buildings, is that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing for the world. So it's a good thing. Some of the... No, Mamadou. Uh, I think it's... Okay, depending on the, like the time Rasul was saying, no. then people were competing in, um, in, in achieving the, uh, the Akhir. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Thank you, Mamadou. Thank you. Uh, the point is, uh, what Rasulullah is trying to say is, instead of competing in the good things, instead of doing competition in things that are good, instead of looking at who's memorized Quran, I should memorize more than him, we are not interested in that kind of competition anymore. The competition today is not about who is more pious than whom. 
The competition today is who has a better house. That's where the negative comes in. I remember, and this story, I don't know why I never forget this story. I mention it every time. You know why I keep talking about it? Because it's a story that breaks my heart. The story I keep saying about, uh, uh, about Mauritania, the way our, our teacher complained about what he left in Mauritania a couple of years ago and what he saw today, it, it breaks everyone's heart. He said in those days, in Mauritania, when you find those shepherds, looking after their, their uh, cows and their sheep and uh, camels, they would be seated next to each other, reading Quran. This one reads, the other one listens, and then this one. That, that was the line. In fact, the shepherds were some of the strongest hufaz, memorizers of the Quran. He said, what broke my heart was that the next time I visited Mauritania, he spoke these words more than 10 years ago, he said, the next time I visited Mauritania, I found these shepherds not reading Quran, but each one busy on the radio, listening to the news. That was 10 years ago. I think this time, if he goes there, he'll find them on WhatsApp. <laughs> this time, he won't find them on the radio. This time, each one will be busy on Facebook and on WhatsApp, updating their cows and, and updating their sheep. It's not a positive. It's a negative. So building lofty towers in itself, there's nothing wrong with it. But if that becomes our focus, if you think that's the best you can do, competition is about uh, my house is better than yours, then we're headed for destruction. And some signs of the Day of Judgment are totally good. Alhamdulillah, like the coming of Isa, the coming of Jesus back to earth. I think that's a good thing, isn't it? Is there anything bad about Jesus coming to, uh, uh, to earth? Well, that's, that's a good thing. What is the difference between the minor signs and the major signs? The difference is that with the minor signs, when you see them, you can make tawbah. And Allah is going to accept your tawbah. But when the major signs appear, tawbah will be meaningless. Because this is not iman. You have seen. For example, if Isa alayhi salatu wasalam comes, Tawbah can't help. Why? He has come. You have seen him. You've seen everything the Messenger Sallallahu spoke about. Or the Daba comes out of the earth, or the sun rises from the west. Would a person make Tawbah? They can't. So we are living in times in which the Amarat, or the signs of the Day of Judgment, are everywhere for us to see. There are many in other hadiths that the messenger, uh, the messenger sallallahu alaihi mentioned, including uh, women who are covered and yet not covered. Al-Kasiyat, Al-Ariyat. They're dressed and yet not dressed. And that is common today. They're covered. You think they're wearing a dress. But the dress leaves nothing to the imagination. Everything can be seen. These are the signs of the day of resurrection. One may ask me, but were these things not there even a long time ago? They were, but not as widespread as they are today. For example, I don't think any country 50 years ago or 100 years, years ago had a national day for, for gays, a national day for homosexuals, 
You ever heard of such a country 50 uh, or 60 years ago? Today, South Africa has a special day, and many other countries in the world, special day for gays. Is it called the Pink, pink Day? I don't know. Something like that. And if you dare say anything against the homosexuals or the gays, you'll be arrested. They're to be respected. You can't criticize. I think it was Idris, Idris you, you and Ali were the ones telling me uh, today, like at CBU, if, if a girl is not properly dressed and, uh, uh, and you comment about it, you could be expelled. Not so. Yeah, you get expelled. Yes, you get expelled from school. Because that's their right. So these things might have been there a long time ago, but I don't think people would get expelled for, for commenting. So the Messenger وسلم, explains the Amarat of the Day of Judgment. Then he left. The man who was asking the questions left. I sat for a moment. Maliyan means for a period of time. Then the Messenger وسلم, said to him, to whom? To Umar. Do you know who was asking the questions? He says, I said, Allah and his messenger know better. He said, He is Jibreel, the angel Jibreel. He came to you. يُعَلِّمُكُمْ دِينَكُمْ To teach you your religion. And if you remember at the beginning of this hadith, I said, this hadith, if Surah Al-Fatiha is the Ummu, the mother of the Qur'an, then this hadith is the mother of the Sunnah. Because the hadith explains Islam in its entirety, including the stages of deen, Al-Islam, Al-Iman, and Al-Ihsan. There is something very, very important I need to mention about this hadith. The people who act, and by acting I mean acting in movies or drama or plays, which is haram, some Muslims act and use this hadith as evidence that acting is allowed in Islam. How do you think they use the hadith as, as evidence that acting is allowed in Islam? In your opinion, Idris? No. Yeah, uh, Jibril appeared not to know about Islam. Uh, yeah, more explicit than that, maybe? No. Yeah, he appears as, as a human being. He comes to the Messenger وسلم, as a human being, therefore Jibreel والسلام, is acting. He has changed from being an angel, from being the great creation that he is with 600 wings, and becomes very small and comes to act. 
in front of the messenger وسلم, they said therefore acting is permissible Rasulullah said in my ummah there are people who will make halal music and beer and zina and call them by different names they'll make music halal they'll call it something else nasheed for example they'll make beer halal and they'll call it something else mashrubat ruhiya spirits say beer spirits they'll make zina halal and they'll call it something else love you don't say they're making zina they're making what you call it by a different name you try to look for dalil to make something which is haram to become halal today we have islamic acting and islamic music islamic acting and islamic music islamic music full of guitars and all the instruments which the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam forbade rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam forbade musical instruments but then today islamic music even rap i think you've heard it hip hop islamic hip hop and then you have islamic acting that was one demonstration of um, islamic acting aiming to teach people about sunnah through through acting to teach them about adhkar noom about the duas before you sleep this is drama on on tv they bring a boy this young man is struggling to 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 sleep acting he turns left right ah oh, i can't i can't sleep tonight cannot sleep and finding it very difficult to sleep and then another one comes and stands by by his head and this is shaitan shaitan is dressed in black <laughs> disturbing this boy so that he he doesn't he doesn't sleep and then his friend comes in assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wa alaikum assalam warahmatullahi what is the problem i am struggling to to sleep oh he's struggling to sleep this is what you should read and then he reads and then the shaitan runs away and the teaching has has taken place through through acting the shaitan has run away uh, if if we if we try to act that out who, who would be happy to be shaitan in the in the drama who would agree to take the role of shaitan say for you you, you will be the shaitan who, who wants to be the shaitan Islamic acting and then they tell you for you you are Firaun you will be Firaun and this is Musa who who wants to be Firaun even in pretending even if it's not true just pretending you think you you would agree to be to be Firaun even in pretending or we pretend that you are Abu Lahab or you are Abu Jahl even pretending no one wants to be uh, abu lahab or abu jahl so they said this hadith is dalil even jibril you see he's also changed himself and come as a human being and he's acting we say acting is lies in acting you pretend 
To act is to lie. You pretend to be someone you are not. For example, you pretend to be the president and you speak like the president, but you are not the president. Or you pretend to be someone, this is pretense. And it is haram. Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam was not pretending. Allah made him like that. Is Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam the one who transformed him, himself and pretended to be a human being? Allah changed him. He turned his creation into a human creation. For one reason, one important reason. وَقَالُوا لَوْ لَا نُزِّلَ عَلَيْهِ مَلَكٍ وَلَوْ أَنْذَلْنَا مَلَكًا لَقُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ ثُمَّ لَا يُنْظَرُونَ وَلَوْ جَعَلْنَاهُ مَلَكًا لَجَعَلْنَاهُ رَجُلًا وَلَلَبَسْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ مَا يَلْبِسُونَ Because Allah knows if he sends an angel and the angel comes to preach to the human being in his real form then iman is not required because you have seen the angel you get my point? If Jibreel comes in his real form and he says, Here I am. I am Jibreel. You think anyone would, would be required to, uh, uh, to have Iman or anything? We've already seen him. Therefore, there is no ghaib. We are expected to believe in things that we have not seen. Therefore, Allah transformed Jibreel والسلام, into a human being so that we do not see an angel. Because if we saw an angel, then Iman would not be required because it means we have seen the ghaib. That is the purpose. He didn't come to play games. He didn't come to act. Is that clear? He's not trying to play games. He's not saying, let me go and surprise them by, by, by being a human being. It's not acting. Allah does not want us to see an angel. For the same reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not send angels as messengers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent human beings as messengers. Because if an angel came as a messenger, then there is nothing to believe in. It means the ghaib, the unseen, has already been revealed. If you saw Malakul Maut with your naked eyes, you think you'd think twice about uh, 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 praying and Iman and everything, you'd think twice about it. You wouldn't. Why? Because you've seen Malakul Maut and this is Ghaib. So this hadith is not Dalil that acting is permissible. It is not permissible. And I said time and again that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إنما جزاء الذين يحاربون الله ورسوله ويسعون في الأرض فسادا أن يقتلوا أو يصلبوا أو تقطع أيديهم وأرجلهم من خلاف أو ينفوا من الأرض. For those who create mischief in the land, and Allah talks about their punishment. Don't make the adhan just yet. I want the adhan at the end of the lecture because we're almost at the end. Inshallah. After the adhan, there will be questions. Inshallah. So just give it a few minutes. نعم. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the mufsidina fil arf, those who cause mischief on earth and their punishment. I keep saying, who are the greatest uh, 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 mufsidin on earth? The people who cause the greatest mischief on earth, in your opinion, who are they? If not the musicians and the actors? If not the musicians and the actors, who are the akbarul mufsidina fil arf? Who spoiled the character of our children? 
if not the musicians and the actors, who spoiled the character of our children? Who caused our children to be what they are today, if not music and movies? It's the biggest facade on earth. And it has to be haram. Take away music, take away movies, everything would change. Society has been corrupted through movies and through music. Those who take cocaine, those who smoke weed, they smoke because Bob Marley used to smoke. The ones who take cocaine do it because the gangsters they saw in the movies were also doing it. Those who wear their trousers below their hips wear their trousers below their hips because the gangsters in the movies were dressed like that. Those who insult their parents insult their parents because they saw it in the movies. Most of the evil in our societies is from the movies and from music. Very unconstructive information, especially in most of these songs that the youngsters listen to. When I turn off the lights, just you and me, when I hold you, you start wondering, what's, what's going on? What's, what's my daughter learning from this? When they turn off the lights and they lock the door and when I hold you, what is the meaning? What, what's the information? It has to be haram. And you find people legalizing it, no, don't be mutashaddit, music is okay, just, just depends on how you use it. The messages of Allah said they will listen to music and call it by a different name. They will make zina and call it by a different name. They will drink beer and call it by a different name. And that's exactly what we're saying today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. I think we have come to the end of this hadith, which is the second hadith. And by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, next week we start the third hadith, which is narrated by Ibn Umar radiallahu uh, anhu about the uh, pillars of Islam. أقول ما تسمعون واستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه وهو أهل التقوى وأهل المغفرة